Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. In today's episode, we are doing another USMLE Coaches Corner episode. This is something we previously recorded from our YouTube channel, and I wanted to share with you here today. We will be talking about one of the common problems that our one-on-one coaching students are experiencing, sharing with you what's going on and how to fix it so that you can move forward with your own USMLE preparation without any worries. And if you want to work with us one-on-one or you want to learn more about how we can help you prep for your USMLE exams, don't forget to visit our website, usmleguys.com. All right, let's dive in with today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys. USMLE Coaches Corner, Dr. Paul here with Dr. Stavros. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode where we're going to dive into some of this week's top step one related questions, challenges, etc. that we receive throughout the week from different students. Um, So if you are prepping for your step one or you're prepping for your CK, these these are universal, I would say, answers to what sure. to what we're going to be talking about today. So <laughs> whatever you're studying for, this will be um, useful for you in some way, shape or form. And hopefully one of the questions here hits on something that you're also experiencing challenges with. And as always, if you have any questions, drop them in the chat box and we will get to them at the end of the presentation. So I think what do we have here? Six questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Six questions. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in. Question numero uno. What's a good framework for effective step one prep? So this is an interesting question. No one's ever really asked me about a framework. So, you know, when you think framework, what do you think of? You think of sort of, I I think of in my head, look at a a structure, sort of like a building, Mm -hmm. right? What are the main components that prop up everything, to keep everything in check, in line, working and functioning properly. So when it comes to a framework, A, we need the right tools, and then B, we need the um, right strategy. So my framework, when I'm working with students, it's, it's in, you guys are not going to be surprised by this. It's question banks, you world amboss. It's first aid as a review book. Mm-hmm. It is something you can tap into when you need to uh, dive deeper into certain weaknesses you might have. And then you have the strategy, right? And the strategy is basically taking those tools and putting them to use in a way that addresses the things you need to address. Now, you know, I spoke to a few students recently who have failed their step one. And when they tell us, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Doc, when they tell me, at least for the most part, I would say 90% of the students will say, I did the typical, right? I did as many questions yep. as I could, and then I fixed my weaknesses by reading the first aid. And you know that's a framework, but it's an ineffective framework because it doesn't really work because A, students just plow through questions with the goal of doing questions for the sake of doing them, and sure. B, students using first aid to improve their weaknesses doesn't make sense because it's just a review guide. And so- yeah. When when I said one of my frameworks is going to be some sort of robust resource that we can tap into, I'm thinking BRS books, ideally textbooks from your basic sciences, your notes yep. from your classes. You know, and so the other day, I don't know if you saw this comment. Someone commented on one of my YouTube shorts because I said, 
Um, if you have weaknesses, you need to grab your textbooks and actually improve them with detailed information. You can't fix a weakness with a skeleton outline of the topic. Otherwise, you're just looking at the, the bullet points and that doesn't really do you any favors. And so the student wrote back and said, textbooks are not for step one review. Textbooks are for basic sciences. So the first aid is for step one review. And then I, so I was like, all right, well, you know, I've, I've, we've only mentored thousands of students. What do we know? But most importantly, I said, okay, well, what do you use? What do you recommend if you have a weakness? And obviously I had no response and I'm not trying to pick fights with people, but you know, some people have this, this idea when we say you have to go and actually dive into a robust resource to fix your weaknesses. They have this idea that, you know, you're telling me to do things I don't have time for, but what's the alternative? The alternative is you don't improve and then you take NBMEs and you're still failing. And then you take your exam. And just like so many of the students we talked to this week, you failed, right? There's a, a big influx of students over this past week who yes. previously failed because they weren't doing things properly. And I can tell you, one of the common denominators amongst all the students I spoke with this week and who ended up joining the program was they didn't know how to fix weaknesses. So they referred to the first aid and they assumed that would do the job, that and doing more questions. So that's my framework is have those tools and then have a strategy to actually implement those tools. Every single student is going to be different. And that's important to understand because student A might have these particular needs. Student B have these particular needs. Yes. That's why yes. we don't just throw <clears throat> students into a class and just teach. That's why we individually teach students through one-on-one -on -one coaching in addition to group activities. Because if you have different weaknesses or strengths from your peers, why would we give you the same approach? But the tools are going to be the same. The strategy is always going to be different. What do you think? I agree with you a thousand percent. I think a lot of students are just um, fixated on certain resources, and they don't give enough. They don't give them enough. They don't give themselves enough time to put it all together. And they go, "Well, I only have a couple of weeks." I'm like, "Yeah, but you can't run a race if you don't if you haven't worked on cardio. You want to build that condo, that house. We only have a few weeks. If you yeah. cut corners and you compromise quality." For, for the time, then the house is going to come down, right? Yeah, Same yeah. thing. If you if you work hard, that's one thing. But if you just try to get the shortcuts, first aid and, and U World and first aid and U World, there's a reason why people fail over and over and over yeah. again with those two tools. Others pass with those two tools, but they jump into BRS, other textbooks. They say, you know what? Hands down, my micro is weak. I can't learn it from first aid. I might have to go back a step and spend a few days reviewing textbooks. Mm -hmm. That's where you have to be honest with yourself. You can't say, I don't have time. Then maybe it's not meant for you to take the test or you're going to go and fail. And then there's a flag on your, on your application. Honestly, I mean, what else can you do? phenomenal metaphor with building a condo and cutting corners. Yeah. It's going to come break, I mean, come crashing down. And it's so true. Students who cut corners, especially the ones who create this false sense of security, right? By redoing the same question bank and seeing, seeing good results. It's, yeah. it's a house of cards. Absolutely. Um, ah. Really good metaphor. One last little um, story, because I think a lot of students can probably relate to this. So I want to share this with you guys. So I spoke with a, a student about two weeks ago and he had three failures on step one. And so you guys know now there's only four max attempts and, yeah. and you're yeah. done. And so, you know, I asked, what did you do? And what he did was exactly what we just talked about. You world and first aid, you world first aid and, and did that three times without any results. So I basically did what we do. I diagnosed his, his strategy and I said, this is what's 
going wrong. And this, and I gave him, I gave him like a detailed step-by-step -step plan of what we will do together to make sure he passes that exam. And, and he didn't sign up. And I reached out via email just to see, you know, if he had any questions. And he said, listen, what you guys want me to do is going to take too much time. And I just don't have that kind of time. And the reason why I'm, I'm and that was the end of the, the conversation. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you have to understand, guys, if you are in this position where you are risking your future, you have to take a step back, reevaluate and make sure that what you do the next time around is the best thing to do for your success. Because if you failed three times, if you failed once, if you haven't taken the exam, it doesn't matter. If you are taking your exam and you're not as prepared as possible to a point where you are well above and beyond where you need to be, you're going to risk failure. And whether that's your first, your second, third, or your fourth, you just can't risk that. So don't speed up. Like Dr. Stavros said, don't cut corners because the, the, the structure that you are building, which is your knowledge, your step one knowledge, it's going to come crumbling down and it's not going to take a lot to, you know, it's like the uh, three little pigs. Remember that one? Yeah. The house yeah. of hay and wood and bricks. <laughs> I mean, you want to build a house of bricks, not a house of hay. And that's why when students don't prepare properly, they take their exam, they get these questions that they have no clue how to tackle, even though the concepts are still the same, it, it totally crumbles their knowledge and they're, they're stuck guessing. And it's yeah, I mean, we have many CK students on our coaching and we see this happen over and over again. You know, they, they come to us maybe after they took step one, they passed and we're ready for CK prep. And I realize, and we realize that their foundation is weak. Little things that they should have known from step one, they didn't know. And they're working twice as hard to now focus on management, next next yep. step in management, accurate diagnostic test, most initial test, versus ribosome, you know, ribosomal, like retinoblastoma, what chromosome is that? You know, little things that you just mm -hmm. need to know. Yeah. And they have to do it from both angles. And it really is frustrating for them and for us. But we work <laughs> through it all step by step. There you go. All right, let's move on. Question right. number two, what's number an effective way to study pharmacology? I'll let you take this one first uh, because this kind of comes down to <clears throat> personal experience, but also, you know, we've dealt with so many students. We know what kind of works and what doesn't when students have challenges. So um, what have you seen that works when a student comes to you and says, I'm having trouble with pharm? Well, first of all, you need to have general pharmacology. That's what I tell our students. You have to go to the basics like pharmacokinetics. I know yeah. it's not fun. It's not exciting. But if you don't know the basic information, general principles, by the way, many doctors fail that, right? Students fail the general principles sure. of step one. Then how can you appreciate when it gets more deeper and when it gets more um, uh, involved in systems, right? So, and we all understand this. We go through micro, immuno, biochem, and all the systems. But I tell students, don't assume and don't take it upon your shoulders to learn it all in one day. Mm -hmm. You might have to repeat very, very, very often. Ideally, MOAs, mechanism of action is ideal. Adverse effects are important. And you take it step by step. You use index cards, you draw out the, the tables again, and you just honestly repeat it as much as possible throughout the day, throughout the week. It's not a pride thing. Don't expect to watch a video and read a book and say, you know what, I know the medication. You might forget SSRIs, MAOIs, but you need to know the names. Don't tell me I know about, you know, amoxicillin, that's great, but do you know how it works? Do you know why sometimes there's resistance in the body? If you don't know that, you're in trouble. You can't just go based upon the name, like digoxin. You should know the MOA. If you know the MOA, you're in trouble. So mm -hmm. we tell our students, it takes time. And if you have highlighted this as your weakness, spend one, two, X amount of hours a day as you're covering other content to go back to it. People tell me, 
I'm bored of what? Of the material. Okay, so let's say you're doing cardio, take an hour break and look at pharmacology. If you're doing GI, take an hour break and do pharmacology. The more you see it, the more you expose yourself to it, the better chances to recall it on exam day. If you don't do that, straight memory, it's not going to help. I'm sorry to say it's going to be very challenging to memorize. It's not easy. Yeah, something you said there I think is really important to really actually focus on, which is not necessarily farm, but um, I get bored. One of the yeah. things that you have to understand when you're trying to accomplish something really big, whether you are writing a book, whether you are studying for the exams, whatever you're doing, a good chunk of everything that you're going to be doing is going to be boring. But you have yeah. to understand that's sort of the price to pay to get to the other side. Like, for example, today, all I did all day was um, create um, drill session questions for GI all day. That's what I've been doing all day. And I'm bored out of my mind, like really bored. But you just have to sort of grind through these things, sure. get them done so that then it's done. And when it comes to farm, that's I, I can totally empathize because there's a lot of dry material. But like you said, if you if you follow a certain structure, then you can get there. And one of the things that worked for me with farm and micro was another topic that I sort of had some trouble with. I basically went through like uh, whatever review book I was using, I think just the BRS, I made, basically created my own little like booklet of notes, literally start to finish. And, and taking that extra step to write things out in a way that was, you know, efficient for me, right? I wasn't just writing word for word, but I would write, create tables, you know, I would highlight certain uh, uh, MOAs would all be one color. Adverse effects would all be one color. The sure. prototypical drug for a category would all be one one color. So I knew, like, okay, it's a blue highlight. So that's the cat. That's the 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 main drug, right? And that's the MOA. Um, you have to figure out what works for you. But I think if, if farm is a topic that you're struggling with, you have to go the extra mile to put in the work you right. just explained because you know the three p's they're going to make up a good chunk of your exam farm path and physio uh-huh and if you screw one of these up and and even just do mediocre on one of them i mean you're putting your exam at risk because it's in theory a third of your exam could be in some way shape or form inclusive of farm it's too <laughs> important to not go that extra mile and do the boring work what blows my mind, and I've been there before as a student, and I can understand that, but when they tell me, I'm just not good in it. What are you doing? Well, nothing, actually. I'll see what I can do. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to have it on your exam, some way, some form, right? So it wouldn't it be amazing if you could get those questions right? So if you get an anatomy question for some reason wrong, you can swallow it, say, you know what? I did my best on anatomy. But if you're not got form specifically, it's a shame to get a question wrong on digoxin because you know what the drug is, I hope, but you should know the side effect. You should know why you don't give this versus that. If you don't know that, you're in trouble. So take the time. If you're studying one month, two months, three months, every day review. And I guarantee if you don't know it, you'll recall it on exam day. That's the whole point. But it blows me away when they go, yeah, I'm weak in it, but I'm not doing anything about it. All right, <laughs> so give up. Okay, no problem. That's a big thing to give up. It's one of those P's, right? It's not like embryology. No disrespect. I love embryo, but I, I need do to you? focus on my farm, right? You do? I mean, you love no, embryo. not really, but I feel bad. You know? Who loves embryo? <laughs> uh, point well taken. Can isolate it. Right? Definitely. I mean, that's all. It's uh, not easy, guys. It's not easy. No, of course, but you got to, like I said, embrace the boring because on the other side of the boring is the results you're looking for. And that's that. Perfect.
All right, this is an interesting question. We see this one all the time. What should I do if I'm studying without seeing progress? So Oof. when I encounter a student who's not seeing progress, there's there's two. Well, there's one question, but it's kind of two questions. Question number one is, do you feel like you're not making progress? Mm. And the answer to that is yes or no. But the most important question is, what have your recent assessments objectively told you? Because a lot yep. of students, you know, you're studying so much material and you get to this point where you feel like oh, there's, I, I've been doing so much, but I don't feel like I know more. Well, I mean, what does it mean? What does it to feel like you know more mean? I mean, unless someone, this is why drills every day are an important component of what we do with our students. Because mm -hmm. if I give you 200 drill questions this afternoon and you got 80% of them right, and you know, last week you only got 30% of them right, well, we can see objectively that you're improving. Students don't often realize they're improving because they're not really testing themselves. Now, if you don't have, if that's the situation, you have to assess yourself in some way. Now, if you've taken an assessment and you aren't making improvements, well, that's an easy fix. We have to look at what you've been doing on a daily basis. Sure. What's working? What's not working? How hard are you working? How much time are you really putting into it? What kind of distractions are taking you away? Is your phone next to you and going off every minute of your entire day? Well, you're never going to get into flow state where you're going to really get into that deep work where you're going to really start to master information because you're constantly yep. distracted. So there's a variety of reasons why you're studying and you think you're studying hard, but you're not actually seeing the progress. And so, you know, that's kind of like the first step we do with students is they come to us having either failed or not improving. Okay, what have you been doing? Give me the whole list, everything. And one of the questions I ask students when they say everything they've been doing sounds good, I say, where's your phone when you're studying? What do you it's mean? Right it's, it's right here. Is it on silent? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. It's be. on vibrate though. Okay, so if it goes off, does it? Do you see the alert? Well, yeah. There you go. I told we talked about this a few months ago. There's a study that recently came out That's that big. when you get distracted, just even if your phone buzzes, you look down. It takes the average person 23 minutes to get back into flow state. So let's say you're studying there and you're right. just crushing it. You're in the zone. You get distracted. It's going to take you 23 minutes to get back to the exact state. Now you might feel like, oh, I'm not. The I look at my phone. It's not important. I get back to it. But the thing is, your brain waves are functioning differently when you're in flow state versus when you look down because, oh, I got a dopamine hit from my phone. It's a different scenario. Brain chemistry changes immediately. And all of a sudden, now you got to get back to it. And if, you, if you've got distractions coming in all day long, I'm sure you can put two and two together here. You're never going to get into that optimal flow state where the no. material is a lot easier. You get a lot more done. And that's when you make significant progress. So really have to take a really big look at everything you're doing. And I've never dealt with a student who was doing everything perfectly and wasn't making awesome progress really fast. It, it works if you know what you're doing. If people just would listen to us, you know, and I say this for a reason, because we know what works. We see it not only with ourselves, with our students. You know, why, why do you wake up early in the morning? Why do, I, why do I wake up early in the morning? Because after a certain time frame, text messages, emails, text messages, phone calls, right? So yep. we get distracted because that's part of what we have to do. So if you want a good sense of time to study, whether it's in the morning or the evening, you have to take advantage of it. And that's what people don't understand. Like they say, I don't feel like I'm progressing. Why not? Well, I watch the videos and I'm not getting the questions right. But hold on a second. I know we're used to quizzes in school and tests in school. They're babysitting us. But this is a board exam. 
because you watched a video, you read some 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 pages in first aid, doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna go and answer every question right in cardiology, because that tells me either you don't know the content, or you know the content, but maybe the questions you know tricked you, right? Or you chose a second best answer, or you you're not you're not confident, or you change it from right to wrong. There's many different things that can be going on when you do a question. So you can't tell me I don't feel confident. You might know the content. That's why you have to check and you have to have somebody to audit you or else if you do it yourself, I hope you're honest with yourself. Sometimes people aren't honest and they realize, yeah, I know it. Go take a test and fail. And they go, what do I do now? Well, I don't know. We got to figure it out. We have to assess. We have to ask. We have to diagnose. It's not an easy fix. Yeah. It's easy once we know what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when, when you've got a sample size the size of ours, we've seen everything. You know, which is why when, when we talk to students and we tell them, hey, like this, this thing you're doing here is not conducive to your prep. And they say, yeah, but, I, but I, I need to do this. Like everyone says I have to do this or that. Okay. Okay. Sure. Didn't work last time, but keep on doing. All right. Hope so. I hate that word hope. Eh, not usually, but yeah. Anyway. You hate it in the context of I'm just going to keep my fingers yes. crossed that magically on exam day, yes. I can get the right answer. There you go, Doc. Thank yeah, you for catching me on that one. Wow. All right. Mucho bueno. All right. How do I study for step one if I'm an audio learner? Any advice for this? I got some tips, but I'll let you jump in first if you have anything. I mean, audio learner, I mean, way back when I used to record my notes, um, you know, I had time to record my notes. Uh, obviously, there's there's audio, there's podcasts nowadays. So if you're, if you're audio instead of visual, and especially if you're traveling and driving, there's podcasts. You can make your own little little video series, or audio series to say, well, if I'm driving two hours a day or I love to listen more than, 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 than reading, read your own notes, right? Take notes and read them because then you're hearing your own voice, which yeah. not only are you recording it, but then you're actually hearing yourself say it again, right? So it's like that little pathway of yep. you're, you're actively doing it, you're passively yep. listening. I mean, that's what I would say, honestly. There's so many resources out there, including our own podcast i mean why would you struggle right I mean, if that's what you learn and that's what's best for you you just modify and you adjust and adapt yeah so um i didn't really do this for step one or two but for step three what i did was i, I was on a sort of a short period of time in which i wanted to write step three i, I basically mm -hmm. it was like a month so what i did was uh -huh. i went through you world really aggressively probably three full blocks a day took cool. notes um, I've always been a big note taker because it just works for me. And then once I took my notes, I got a recorder, recorded it, put it on my phone. Actually, this was back when MP3 players were a thing. So put it on an MP3 player. And then nice. anytime I was away, whether I was walking to the gym, at the gym, going to the mall, grocery shopping, I literally had headphones in my ears for every single second that I was not sitting studying aside from sleeping. Um, even in the shower, I'd have like a, a, what do you call it? Like um, a speaker so, and I was listening. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and that helped me because what I was trying to accomplish in this instance was I was trying to just consistently um, re-expose myself to the material again and again and again. And I didn't have three months to study. I had one month. And so when I wasn't sitting at my table studying, I needed a way to keep studying. And that was it for me. And yeah, it takes some time. But, you know, if you want to get something done, you just, you, you do it. You put in the time, you put in the long hours, you get it done. You'd actually be surprised. You know, it takes maybe, you know, uh, if you go through a block of questions, take notes, could take a couple hours, but to read through your notes and just record them 
it's pretty quick. I mean, you can read, I mean, you could read a, like a hundred page notebook of notes sure. pretty quickly, as long as your writing is neat and legible and you don't have to guess. I mean, you can get through it pretty quickly. So I would say do that as you're going through the basic sciences, take notes, man, take notes and then record them automatically. Just record them. Um, I don't know where, but I'm pretty sure there's software now where you can take notes that you've typed out and it will just turn into audio. Now it might be sure. some robotic voice. I don't know what that, I think that exists, but I, like you said, I think when you write and then you talk into a recorder, your phone, and then you re-listen, you're just strengthening those neural pathways. And that's, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. It takes a little more time, but this is one of those scenarios where you put in more time, but it's going to get you way, way better results. So of course, yeah, I mean, kind of on the same, on the same page there, but yeah, that's what I did. And I mean, pretty similar to what you did. At, at the end of the day, you need to have time. Time needs to be invested quality over quantity. People doing two, yeah. three blocks a day. Great. But are you really understand the information? You got three weeks to pass the test, but you failed twice. Okay, well, maybe three weeks you're not going to pass the test. So it's up to you. You know, that's the whole point. You know, you got to you gotta plan it out, guys, right? If you have time for your exam, put the time in. But if you don't have time, you got to find ways, and that's what we do best. We find ways to acclimate to a short time frame to pass the test and move on. Yep. All right, let's move on. Two more questions, guys, and then we'll get to your questions. All right. right. Question number five. I'm doing lots of questions, but I don't feel like I'm learning much. What am I doing wrong? You want to take this one? Yeah. I mean, so lots of questions, right? We get this all the time, including the students that jump on board with us and we try to diagnose what's going on. Well, lots of questions. Okay. One block, two blocks, how many blocks? And you feel like you're not learning. The problem is you shouldn't be learning from questions. Well, let's take that back. You can learn from questions, but you're not going to learn the content from questions, right? Ideally, you Go through content and then you do questions and you learn from reading the question stem, learning how to read the question, how to extract the pertinent information, how to connect the dots, how to knock out the wrong answers, how to build confidence, how to select the right answer, or maybe even if you don't know the right answer, come up with the answer choice based upon your gut feeling. That's what you should be learning from a Q bank. If you're, and then when you read the explanations, you're learning why the other ones, why the other options are incorrect because you build your arsenal of knowledge, right? So when you get other questions in the future, you have the power to say, well, those four are incorrect because I know what those four are and they're not related to the question. But if you're trying to learn primarily from a QBank, it is possible, but it'll take you so much more time. As I give this example, you go to school, open up the book on day one, instead of a, a syllabus or a curriculum, ah, choose a page, let's go read. That's what it is when you do questions, especially mm -hmm. if it's a random block. And even if it's a random block or specific cardio topic based, well, it's not organized. Every question is different. So if you are using that as a primary tool, you'll be very confused because every question is coming from a different part of within the system or within the whole world of USMLE. And I could tell you this, I get confused if I did that and do that now. You can't learn from it. You can build your foundation if you already have it built and relearn a few things. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. First of all, that's wrong if you do that as a primary tool. It's not going to help you. Yeah, really good points. I mean, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, yeah, if you're starting biochem from scratch and you read through, even if you start just in the first day, you're starting at your basics, right? First, you're learning about nucleotides histones, and nuclear, amino yeah, acids, yeah, yeah. histones, like the basics yeah, of the awesome. basics. But if you just start with, you know, how do, how do I calculate the amount of energy created from the citric acid cycle? Well, Ooh. if you don't understand everything that's going on, it's going to be tough to do. And yeah, yeah. I mean... That's why students who do in mixed format right off the, uh, from the start, 
you're you're just you're setting yourself up for failure. But the point you just made is really, really good. Even if you're stuck in one topic, if you are jumping around and using that to learn, man, it's gonna be confusing, which is why it's always important that you review notes, you review uh, books. I mean, you can use the first aid if you're fresh out of the basic sciences and you're just using it to, to, to study things you already know, but you should have that foundation in place before you start doing questions, um, which is why, hey, so many people call every single day say, yeah. and no one ever says I failed and I didn't do questions. They failed and they did UWorld. They failed and they did Emboss. Yeah. Well, is it because yeah. those tools aren't good? No, they're great. Of course, everybody uses them. Well, what did you do wrong? Well, just what we just said. It's it's all about strategy. I have, I have a video on Instagram and yeah, just Instagram where someone, I, I, it's sort of a joke, but you know, the question is, what's the real secret to passing my step one quickly and easily. And I say it's a strategy. And then I cut to like 15 different scenes throughout my house and it's like strategy, it's a strategy. <laughs> That's, it was fun to do and funny, but at the same time it was, I did it for a reason because if, if you don't have the strategy in place, that's gonna actually be efficient, get you results fast, you're gonna be in big trouble, man. And very few people can get away with just you know diving in blindly and not having an actual hour by hour strategy of what to do. But, you know, and I, I could understand because even doctors we work with right now, they tell me, they go, hey, doc, I have a friend of mine or I have one physician. We have one doctor now that is in rotation studying for CK. He goes, I was studying, you know, my, my material and then my attending came by or my resident and then just said, you know, just do this instead. And he gave him his advice. And my, my doctor goes, I don't know why he even gave me his advice. I didn't want it. He goes, forget about this. Just do what you will. And, and then I told him, do you agree with that? He goes, no, because what he told me is do you all three times. Maybe it worked for that individual because he's a resident. Okay, fine. But maybe he read. Maybe the guy was a good test taker. Maybe he just learned that way. He learned how to read the questions. Plus, he had a really good foundation to begin with. Others do you all nonstop, and they fail multiple times. And like, why? Well, I don't know the content. So you're going to go to the question. And the question asks you about cardiac tamponade. They're going to give you a little detail about that. You should go back and read all of it, but you see how much more time it takes to actually go back and extend your knowledge in every condition, every disease. It's not organized. It's unorganized, and that you can't learn that way, or else school wouldn't have a syllabus. Like, open the textbook and check whatever page you want to do. That's all. That's yeah. what we don't learn that way. It just doesn't work. Yeah. When people give advice without understanding your specific style of learning, what your strengths are, your weaknesses, what resources really help you, if they just give you advice without any context, I would really caution you to not take it too seriously, right? Take it with a grain of salt because, you know, everybody is different. Like you said, someone who said, I just did UWorld three times. Well, like you said, maybe they just got out of the basic sciences. Maybe they had 100% average and maybe they just pounded through questions, made sure they knew everything and they were good to go. Everybody's different. So you have to be very careful about who you take advice from and the context in which you're getting that advice. And if anybody just says to you, just do this, don't just do that. You have to make yeah. sure you tailor the approach to what is going to work for you. Exactly, exactly. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. You can't expect to use the same resources. I mean, the same resources are there, but it's how you use them. It's all how you yeah. use them because you have different knowledge and 100%. different strengths than the other individual. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Agreed. <laughs> I just sent you a photo, actually, of somebody who is watching us right now live, one of our students. Oh, so cool. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot of support out there worldwide. Love worldwide. it, love it. Cool. 
Yeah. All right. Last question. Now, this is a question that I've also had some back and forth on YouTube with people who are pretty, pretty mm. angry with me for suggesting that they put a lot of work Ooh. into their step one prep. Okay. Mm. The question is, why should I put lots of effort into my step one if it's pass fail? All right. Well, some of you might have noticed we are almost exclusively focusing on step one content these days. Why? Because everybody's failing step one. Why? Because people are not taking it as serious as they should or because it's the hardest exam and it's still just hard, pass fail or not. Something that I never understood was everyone thought pass fail. Wow, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so easy. Man, you mm -hmm. still need to put in a tremendous amount of energy just to pass. Now, mm -hmm. why put in a ton of energy? Well, let us count the ways. Number one, if you fail your step one, you are putting yourself in a position that you can never dig yourself out of. Back before it went past fail, before 2022 rolled around, if you failed your step one, you were not in a great situation, but you could come back and crush it. And we work with so many students who failed. You come back, you get a 235, 240, 250. Okay, it looks like you had a bad day. You don't have that luxury now. If you fail, the best you can do is a pass. But guess what happens now? Everybody who took their step one the first time and passed now has a leg up on you. And it doesn't yep. matter if, if you outscore them on CK, they still got that leg up on you because they passed step one first attempt. You have good letters of recommendation. Most people do. They passed step one on the first attempt. So if you don't put a ton of energy into it, what's going to happen is you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be in a hole that you can never theoretically dig yourself out of, metaphorically dig yourself out of. You could do everything yeah. you want, but that big F is never going to be overshadowed by a solid score. Number two, you need to build a solid foundation in the basic sciences just to become a competent physician. I don't know yeah. where this idea that basic sciences don't matter, where this whole idea comes from, but I don't know about you, but when I was in rotations in my third year, fourth year, I was constantly pimped, which I don't like that word, but pimped on basic sciences stuff. You know, medication, pharmacology, basic sciences, surgery, all anatomy, all anatomy, detailed anatomy, yeah. biochemistry, oh, neuropatient. Ta let's talk about ascending and descending tracks, basic sciences. If you don't build that foundation or put that work in to build that foundation, you're going to put yourself in a position where... I mean, you're going to be embarrassed because you're not going to know some basic stuff, but also don't you want to know what's going on underneath just the, as a, as a doctor in the hospital, if someone has this, this is what we give them. Don't you want to know yeah. what you're treating and why? I mean, sure. th th this mentality of we just study for the test and then we move on. It has to stop guys because you need to be competent because a lot of people these days are getting into residency and they're burning out, they're quitting, they're getting fired because they're yeah. not coming in equipped to handle the job. And a lot of that stems from having a weak foundation because if you don't have a good foundation, you're just going to be pummeled by the attending physicians who are going to expect that you know your stuff and you don't. So that's, that's number two. Um, number three, I mean, you need a solid basic sciences foundation for your CK. A lot of students don't understand this, but the... The foundational stuff is what CK is built on. And if you 
don't directly get a question like, you know, what what chromosome is affected in this condition? You still need to know the the basic sciences principles so that you can think more complexly about challenging CK questions. That's it. My final big number, my big uh, my big uh, reason is, let's say, let's just let's just flip the script and say we're in the hospital and our most favorite loved one is being treated for something. Yes. And the doctor comes in and you guys ask them questions and they can't really answer you and you, you lose confidence in them. They don't seem competent. Do you want that type of person to be your doctor or your mom's doctor, your dad's doctor, your grandma, your grandpa's doctor? No. So don't be that doctor who you know, skated by just by passing their exams, got into the system, but really didn't put in that extra effort to really become a knowledgeable physician. Don't be that person who, when your patient asks you something, you can't explain it to them from the most basic detail, the basic level. And yes, that doesn't necessarily directly affect your step one score, but in a way it does, because if you prepare for that patient in the future so that you can be the best doctor for them, that's going to spill over into your step one exam result and you're going to do well. Same thing with CK. So you have to stop just thinking about it from a test perspective and think about it from a, a physician-patient relationship. I, I think about that all the time. Uh, you know, if, if I have a loved one in the hospital, I want the doctor to be super smart and have good bedside manner. Oh, yeah. But if, he, I mean, if they're lacking in either then I'm, I'm very worried. And so you want to think about that. That's why you should go above and beyond. All those reasons alone should make you realize how important step one is and how important it is to study as though it's still three digits, crush it, know your stuff, and then you can move on and you don't have to worry about trying to learn anatomy again in the future, histology. I mean, put in the work now and get the results. I'm telling you, a lot of students studying CK, they're, they're going back to their first first aid for step yep. one. There's yep. a lot of information that you just need to know. And granted, things have changed. You know, a lot of step one content. Uh, I know a student just called earlier. She didn't do well in step one because she was studying just from NBME. She took step one and she goes, well, the NBMEs were short length questions versus step one. She got destroyed on length, right? Mm -hmm. It happens. They ask questions about management sometimes, about medication specifically. You have to adjust with the times. And then you get to CK, you don't have time to go back to step one. You should if you need to. Imagine now you're in rotations or you're working in rotations or whatever. Life kicks in, married, have kids, whatever life is thrown at you. Yeah. You have to spend at least step one. You have sort of dedicated, ideally, if it's a traditional pathway where you're in school or you're you know given time off. CK, you're balancing life. Rotations, shelf exams. Our students are on shelf studying during OB, during PEDS, during any kind of rotation doing well in their shelf exam, in their daily pimping, daily presentations <laughs> and getting questioned by physicians and have to stay on top of with CK. Life, it's a lot of balancing. And that's the whole point, guys. You know, it's an exam for your future. It's a license examination. When you get licensed, you provide all these scores in, right? You don't take another license exam. It's step one, step two, step three, all together gives you a license. And I think people forget about that. This is one of three tests that you need to take to receive your license to practice. So. You know, don't take it lightly and don't cut corners. If you do, yeah. it's going to come crumbling. I mean, we yeah. see it. So it's, you'll, you'll feel the effect. You know why I didn't like that word pimping? Because it never made sense to me. 
No, I don't know why they said it. That is I mean, not, like, how pimping pimp is you? nothing to do with pimp, quizzing. Pimp you. you know? Pimp, pimping, pimp. I mean, when we were in the south side of Chicago, we saw some pimps outside, but it was totally yes, different okay. from the pimping inside. I just, I hated the word because <laughs> it made no sense to me. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, um, let's move on. Let's jump into our questions if we have let's any. Let's jump. Let's jump. We have a few. I think one or two. I don't know. Colombia, Angelica, thank you from Colombia. I like the soccer. I like their, their coffee and the culture. Nice to see you, Dr. Francesca. All right. Anya, she's one of our yeah. students. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. So she asked, which textbook would you recommend for each subject? So, I mean, I don't have a list here, but as far as textbooks, if you're talking like the textbooks from basic sciences, you can just look online, find, sorry, yes. my dogs are barking if you hear them. Um, you can just look online at any med school and just see what their list of currently recommended textbooks are, if that's something so you you're good. looking for. Um, now, if you're looking for something a little less massive, um, BRS books are fantastic as well. Very detailed, sure. but also sure. not as, as detailed. But I mean, Anya, if you're looking for textbooks, that's that's the thing to do is see what the newest version of each of the textbooks are. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I would recommend. And Anya will talk because I spoke to you earlier today about other stuff. So then, you know, you can text me later because that's what all students do. They get able to text us 24-7. So I'll mm -hmm. text you and then we'll talk to you in our next session. And we can even do a share screen. I'll show you a couple of curriculums of certain med schools. They can just follow, you know, certain books yeah. to kind of hit certain systems that you might have issues with. Yeah, we'll do and it I wouldn't go out and buy them all. I would just, no. whatever weaknesses you have, if they're really, really bad, then consider it. Yeah. All right, Meryl, thumbs up. What's up, Meryl? Nice to see you. Good to see you, Doc. Um, Angelica says, in a short video, you mentioned repetition time. This tip is helping me a lot, but sometimes is overwhelming. Um, okay, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by... I'm not sure exactly what your question is. So if you're still watching, Angelica, do me a favor, comment. Um, what you mean, is it too time-consuming? Because overwhelming, I'm not sure exactly in what respect you mean. So go ahead if you're still here and let me know, and then I'll get back to you. All right, Meryl, record your own memory tool as it occurs to you when you need it. Your Eureka light bulb or moment will recur and strengthen your synapses. Exactly. Super important. Beautiful. Super Beautiful. Important. Uh, Susanna, that's a great idea. I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but I agree. They're probably all hey, they're all They're all great. JC says, Speechify does that. I'm guessing that's the... Uh, the tool I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Uh, Gambia. Would your three-week program work for an average student? Of course. Of course it does. It, uh, it's designed to be um, an intensive three weeks, but because of the way we structure it, where you're not actually in a classroom all day, but you're doing some group components, uh, doing USMLE questions, doing drills in groups, and then you meet with your, your specific assigned coach every single day just for a short period of time to get the day planned out, make sure you're on track, you have time to actually do the work. And so with yeah. that specific structure and that direction, you have the time to actually do the work. You don't have to go home sure. when you're tired at the end of the day and try and study. You've got all day. And that's why I think that's the beauty of the program. We're doing our beta sessions now and students are really loving that. Oh, it's amazing because you have that structure when you meet other individuals together to do questions and drills, but then you're on your own studying. And honestly, a lot of students out there, they get they only study two, three hours with videos. Like you guys have to study a lot of hours. Like we old school went to school, we're in class eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. And then we have to go home and then study the material and then get ready for the next day's material, you know? Yeah. So at least we have a, a structure that we can kind of modify 
to strengthen the student and also to work on their weaknesses specific to them, tailored to them. Yeah. Uh, follow up to that. Does a three week really? schedule cover every topic? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it does. Uh, visit the website. It is, let me pull it up here. It's uh, usmleguys.com slash step one, no space in there. And um, actually, this is probably a better one. Yeah, just like that. Um, and there's a video and a complete explanation of it for you that you can uh, go through and you'll get a complete understanding of exactly what the program entails. But yeah, we cover everything. Uh, Gabriella. Hey, Gabriella. Um, I have a question. Have you seen more fails now that, that, pass, that, that it's pass fail in three-digit score? Um, I don't know if we've seen more, but we've definitely seen a lot. I would say yeah. at least on par. And I think it seems like, I mean, what was it? Just pa this past Monday, I think we had like, we had like 15 people call us because yeah. they had got their, their failures that morning. That's a pretty big day of calls of people who yeah. have recently failed. I think a lot of people honestly are just not taking the exam as seriously as they normally would be before, right? You wanted that 230 plus, and so you were shooting for it. Now people are kind of just shooting for a pass. And I think unless you've got that huge cushion, you know, a lot of people are coming up short. And so, yeah. Gabriella, to answer your question, I would probably say at least as much, maybe a little bit more, but definitely not fewer are, there's not fewer people failing now. It's on par or more, 100%, at least from my and yeah, I could jump in. Um, I could jump in that that a lot of students we're working with currently are, are American students and also Caribbean and international. And I got some stats back from some Caribbean students from some from their most larger schools in the islands. Most of their students are failing step one because it's it, it's it's really no surprise. They're in class, you know, for four semesters. On fifth semester, they have to take a comp exam or NBME. They're not practicing or studying the first four semesters. And I got stats as far as 100 out of 150 students or 100 out of 250 students are failing step one, yep. failing their comp exams and failing step one. And it's sad because in the school is trying to, to do the best they can, but the students are lost. They go, what do we do now? Yeah. And it's like, if you're not on top of it from day one, which who's going to tell you except us, I mean, hopefully the school, by fifth semester, you're slammed with all four semesters, plus fifth, plus NBME, plus graduating from the island, plus leaving. It's very stressful. So I think that's what's happening a lot that people are like, oh, it's pass or fail. It's not easy. So we see, we start, we start to see more and more coming out. Yeah. Um, Sarah says, do you mean grilled? I have no idea what you're talking about, Sarah. Pimped, I know, pimped, I know who this grilled, is. Yeah. What? Pimped what? and grilled, grilled, pimped. The yeah, pimping question, I think. Yeah, the pimping question <laughs> is grilled, yeah. Yeah, they, they grill you, whatever. They grill you. Yeah. Anya they, says, Dr. Stavros is awesome. Thank Looks you. Like you have a fan. <laughs> Uh, Trisha, Trisha Shah, is it necessary to solve a question bank within a certain time frame, or is it okay to span it out over my entire prep? What do you think? Well, the way we work ideally is you go through content and you do questions after, I mean, either before or after you do content, and we kind of drip it because it's like I hate when students go to me. I haven't touched biochem in months or weeks. It's like wow, that sucks because if you just go step by step by step by step, you get down to the tenth system. You haven't done any content with biochem. So realistically speaking, it's a nice balance of content building and reviewing, doing questions, transitioning over to feeling comfortable from, from tutor mode to non-tutor mode, from no time to time, from topic to random, eventually going into NBME. So 
Trish is one of our other students too. Hey, Trish, nice to, nice to see you on board. And realistically speaking, time frame, you want to do it all the way up until maybe two, three weeks before your actual exam, or maybe even less. So then you have enough questions to drill four or five blocks a day. Sometimes we finish the block and we try another block. That's what, I mean, another QBank, whether yeah. it's, you know, UWorld, then Amboss, Amboss, and UWorld. Some students we have, we actually use both side by side, which is very delicate because we need to use it for different reasons, right. which we inform our students how to use it. So you're actually productive from one and the other instead of just slamming both in front of you. So typically we want to have the bank all the way up until the exam day, ideally, to keep assessing yourself. Because how can you assess if you tap out your NBMEs? You got to keep drilling. You got to keep practicing questions every day, every day. Yeah, love it. Um, Susanna says applying foundation science concepts portion is weak in assessment. How do I increase it? Um, foundation sciences concepts. So, I mean, the foundation is, is she referring to the, like the, the, the general concept portion is how I'm interpreting this. Yeah, I think so. Science concepts portion of, yeah. So I mean, foundational science, like general principles. Right. So, I mean, you know, when you go through first aid, for example, and you look at, let's say, path, right? That entire path section is general principles like hyperplasia, metaplasia, like things like that. The basic stuff that that forms your understanding for the more complex stuff. So that really just comes down to working on really if you grab any review book, the 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 portion, for example, of like micro and first aid, right? Where they teach you understanding the basics of microbiology, right? Reassortment, all that stuff. Uh, you go to farm, like you said, pharmacokinetics, dynamics, the, the basics, the stuff that's at the beginning of every chapter before they get into the the the, the uh, physio and the path. That's typically what you want to focus on if the general principles section is weak. She, I think she she jumped in saying NBME. I think how okay. many questions? There? I mean, same thing. Yeah, same, same thing. I mean, NBME, you guys have to remember the same things. NBME, USMLE, you're not studying for the NBME to then study for the USMLE. When we work with you, we start from scratch, if that's, if that's what we have to do, to make sure that you hit everything from top to bottom, biochem, micro, immuno. Because if you do on the NBME, you transition faster to USMLE, right? That's the whole point. If you have a lot of cracks in your foundation just to kind of pass a comp test or a school's exam, you got to work twice as hard to go back and figure out where the cracks were were, were left to go yep. and re-attack re them. That's all. Yep. FPL and Koshi. FPL. Uh, FPL. Do you guys have in-person training program? Uh, we don't. Everything's online because we want to save you guys money so you don't have to yep. spend thousands on travel, lodging, this and that. Why? And hell it's yeah. not necessary. Um, and no, it's not an all class. It's not an all day program. It's certain. We have certain scheduled group activities. Go to usmlyguys.com slash step one. No spaces there. And you can read all about it. All the details are there. Um, Susanna says, how many questions do you recommend per day for weak foundation? Good question. If you have a weak foundation, you need to go back to the books and you need to learn. And then once you feel comfortable, like you've got a grasp on it, then you can do questions because you, you can't yep. learn efficiently. But like we talked about earlier, if you're doing questions and let's say, let's say in cardio, your biggest weakness is anatomy. If you're doing questions, first of all, there's only going to be a handful of cardiac anatomy questions. My guess is most students do cardio as a whole, but you're jumping around everywhere. You're not actually taking time to focus on the specific weakness. So you want to find out what is the real weakness. Go back to the books, put in the two to three days per weakness, 
then practice some questions once you feel like you've got a grasp on that weakness. And then you'll see, hey, I'm doing better. So yeah, now I'm improving. But don't just dive into questions. That's a very common mistake. And if that's what you've been doing, that would probably explain why it's still a weakness. So anybody listening, if you've got weaknesses on your assessments, spend two to three days per weakness reading, not just reading, but going through books, taking notes, really learning the information that's holding you back, then apply it to questions and you will see tremendous results from that strategy because it's more focused. You need to focus on the specific weakness. You know, when we have students on our first session, when they jump on board with us, we have an initial session, it's an hour, right? So I do this with some students if I feel that same same kind of question. They want to just do questions. Like, all right, no problem. We have Amboss, we have UWorld, so I open up a bank. I share a screen, I'm like, let's go. They, they, get start, they start freaking out. I'm like, all right, let's do what you love. Amino, micro. We do a couple of questions. And, they st- and we get them wrong. Like, or let's say we say, which one have you touched in a while? They go cardio. Okay, right, let's do two cardio questions. We get them both wrong. I just, I just proved the point right now that if we haven't read cardio in a while, let's say months ago, even four or five weeks ago, how is, and we haven't reviewed or studied, how is it possible to open up a bank and do two questions in cardio and get them right? We get them wrong. We get upset, mess up our mindset, right? We get mad at ourselves, sad at ourselves. And then we try to learn from the question. But the question isn't covering everything. It's just covering a small section from that question that they were asking, right? Some topic. So instead of doing that, you invest the time into understanding the concepts, read the books, watch the videos, do what you got to do, and then go hunting. That's what I say. Go to the questions and see what you know versus what you don't. That approach is the best approach for this exam. Any other way, it will take you that much more time to understand everything. It just, it's more, not it's just not organized. That's all. Yeah. It's 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 the same the same con- the same idea that it's the to- you, the tools you have the tools but you're not using them the right way and it's not yielding results. So students who have weaknesses and go use first aid to try and fix those weaknesses, they don't see the results. But students who we're working with and we say, okay, your NBME result tells us this. This is what you're going to go do. You're going to spend two to three days per weakness. Then you're going to apply mm-hmm. it like we just talked about. Wow! All of a sudden, my NBME score just jumped. in a week and a half. It's because you actually approached everything correctly. And guys, we just, I just gave you the the keys to the kingdom. I mean, you really don't need our help if you have been listening closely here, but obviously if you want to speed up your prep and guarantee your success, come on by. But um, yeah, so those are some good tips. I think, uh, I think we uh, covered some good stuff today. Any last words, Doc? I mean, always last words, you know, we, we care for all you guys and girls out there. Thank you for always watching us, you know, but when it comes down to ex- exam prep, always figure out how much time you have, figure out the resources. And if it's not working, have a designated time frame to say, well, I've tried this a few times and either I need help or I need to try something different because time is valuable. Next thing you know, it's July 14th. Now people are, our students are getting ready for the match, personal statements, resume, all that stuff. It's your time to shine too. You don't want to be stuck taking this test over and over and over again. You want to move on to your future in medicine. This is just an exam if you think about it, but it's an exam that needs to be taken seriously. Put the time in, invest the time, six to seven days, and we promise you in less than four or five months, if you're really dedicated and have a structured plan, you could do that. We could do it as quick as as three, four weeks, but you need to have a structure, discipline, routine, and sacrifice. You don't have that. You can't get it. It's too, it's too hard. It's too challenging. Good stuff. All right, guys. We will be back next week, uh, Thursday. Thursday. 
at 7 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. And then I think the following Thursday, we will be taking a break because we're going on a little company retreat. So we yep. might pre-record. We'll have to figure that out, but we will figure that out and we won't leave you guys hanging for a week. But thanks guys for tuning in. Hopefully you found everything to be helpful. Again, if you need help and you're struggling, visit usmlyguys.com. We are here for you. Reach out to us on Instagram. Shoot us messages on Instagram here, everywhere. Give us a call and uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Thank you all for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that to be helpful. If you want to learn more about how you can work with us either one-on-one, get access to our drill sessions, or our Step 1 or Step 2 CK coaching programs, don't forget to visit us at usmleguys.com. Thank you for sticking around. I hope that was helpful. We'll see you on the next episode.